And action. And welcome, everybody. This is BMP Weekly, episode 237. It is 16th of February. It is not Monday. It's Friday. Oh, my God. But that's because we're recording this for me. Typically, we record this on Monday, so that's why I'm so confused. But next week is a vacation period, uh, winter holidays in, in uh, Finland. So we're not going to do work in here. What about you? you are working, actually, next week, right? I'm working. So also, kids are also off here by yeah. I'm working. I'm not taking the time off. Because I'm gonna take time off in the summer. Yeah, I try to do that as well. So, and it's it's one of those cultural differences between US and and uh, Europe, right? So the US is always laughing. Hey, hey, Europe is always out like three weeks in the summer. Uh, yeah, have a look on your holidays period. So just just saying. So Thanksgiving, three weeks Christmas, <laughs> exactly. Also <laughs> discretionary time off. Yeah. And apparently Monday is some sort of public holiday as well in US. Not that there's oh, nothing really? wrong. It's good to have those vacations and all of good, but it's it's yeah. always the so the image the... perceptions and exactly yeah. exactly. So it's good. If 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 anything else, it's good that people take time off because they absolutely one hundred percent prioritize health. They Correct. should definitely do that. And yes, as long as you do your work, be my guest. Take your time yep. off. Yep, and I think that that's the the the. I don't know how, how why are we going this deeply on this topic You'll but still so. <laughs> <laughs> no but I'm, I'm thinking the the you said direct what was the word what you said uh, you can have vacation as much as you discretionary want discretionary yeah with the company of. yeah so which which works in us obviously in europe we don't have that because of the the labor laws are a bit different uh based on country so i think i so i had it in my past job so and that, yeah. that was okay. in europe yeah yeah okay that's i don't know i you know, and we it, chose it, not to do it at Microsoft. Maybe let's exactly that way. Exactly, exactly. And and if you're doing a good job, if you if you're working, uh, of course, everybody should be looking into how many hours they're putting in and then balancing things out as well. So it, it is a two-way street. Uh, so yeah, yeah. So, absolutely. But anyway, so that's the reason why we're doing this on Friday, uh, and we just recorded the the session and the interview this week, which is Sharon Sumner. Yes, uh, Sharon is from UK, uh, originally more on the migra migration side, well, the migration company, uh, which is she has created. Uh, and we talked about a lot about the co-pilot and the impact of that and, and all that, right? I am surprised because your like, video froze and you were gone for like 10 seconds. I was like, are you still here? I'm here. <laughs> I'm here. I'm always I have here. no idea what you said. Yes. <laughs> it was, yes. Okay. But let's jump on that interview uh, and then uh, we'll come back on the closing uh, closing topics after that. Excellent. And uh, thank you, Sharon, for joining us on the BMP Weekly Show. Uh, good to have you here. Um, let's start with simple basics. Who are you and what do you do for a living? Okay, uh, I'm Sharon Sumner. I'm a Microsoft Regional Director for the UK, uh, also an MVP on the BizApp side of things, and I run my own um, solution provider for Microsoft called Business Cloud Integration, um, which has the lovely Casper 365 product. That was already a lot to tackle into. So, what is a regional director? Let's start with that. So, let's 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 not assume that everybody knows. <laughs> what it is. So, so you okay. work for Microsoft then, because that well, was my first initial reaction when I heard about that one first time. 
many, many. Yeah, screens, that's a complete so. first question. It's like, oh, you share an office with Satya? Nope. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, sure. Why not? <laughs> well, he comes to UK once in a while. It's more yes. of a, so where the MVP program is a technical representation um, on Microsoft's behalf, the regional director is more commercially aligned. So it's just uh, a reflection of the fact that you're giving um, enterprise feedback back to Microsoft uh, and you're kind of aligned to some of the product groups there. And also that you can kind of, um, I don't know, talk across the whole cloud tool set, not just the Microsoft tools. Um, yep. So it's kind of a, a commercial um, cloud specialism rather than a, a particular niche, like the MVPs are very, very technical yep. uh, type of qualification. So really, it just means that I um, I talk to Microsoft a lot <laughs> and, um, and hopefully they listen. Here so we are. Do they listen? <laughs> Do they listen? <laughs> are we recording? Uh, yes, we are. Okay. <laughs> well, there's this, obviously, there's always feedback which can be taken into account, and then there's feedback which we cannot yet address. So that's that's the challenge always on these things, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, it's important that. Um, that they, you do listen, but at the end of the day, there's more information coming out of Microsoft, during, especially during these busy times, right? As we yes. go into the co-pilot sphere, whatever we want to call it, um, there's loads of information coming out, and it's important that it's understood in the right way, in the way that it's intended. So, yeah, I do think it's an important program. It's my first year in there, and uh, kind of still finding my feet. Yep. Yeah. Well, what about your background? How did it get to be regional director? How? So. Wow. You know, what did you do before somebody said that you're regional director? So I found this thing called SharePoint. Um, <laughs> Everybody when... has a SharePoint background. Why, why? <laughs> <laughs> I've been following you for as long as you've been about, Lisa. Um, so, um, That's really... scary, I guess. <laughs> um, oh, no, behind you, Vesa. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so, you know, it's the reason why I'm SharePoint Sharon on LinkedIn. I've been in SharePoint since about uh, 2007 um, in anger, which is like way later than you guys uh, came into it. But we've certainly been um, on the PMP track since its inception. We were early contributors to the PMP program, uh, giving you feedback, giving you fixes um, and, you know, helping to build that out because we saw that as a, a massive potential um, for the SharePoint world. Um, SharePoint's kind of gone through a lovely little um, evolution, let's call it, um, yep. such that, you know, it's popular, it's not popular, it's popular, it's not popular. Um, yep. And I'm absolutely loving the resurgence of SharePoint as, you know, the new home for co-pilot data, right? There's yep. a lot, meaning that a lot more conversations, enterprise conversations about migrating data into SharePoint, which is kind of where, uh, where I live. So I come from a business process automation background, quality, those kind of things. So SharePoint is a natural win because of workflows, because of making life easier. And then of course the power platform because, well, you took workflow away. And <laughs> we <laughs> well, it's still there, kind of, but it's going to go away path. completely soon. Yes. Yes, that's true. That is true. <laughs> but yeah, so the Power Platform got really great. And again, that was another kind of one of those moments of Microsoft where we had a massive resurgence and in interest in workflow and business process automation. And just as things start to die off, there we come again with Copilot, yes. right? Yes. Um, and, yes. Uh, 
obviously I'm heavily into AI and I'm expected to go and give AI keynotes and stuff to the commercial world. Um, and I find that fascinating. Um, like I say, that we've come full circle and it's like, well, let's put our data in SharePoint again. <laughs> but that, but yeah. that's actually, that's even a relatively new thing because you, you had some of the insights, but, but you know, we, we, how we're positioning things. And yes, we're saying that put your SharePoint, uh, data in SharePoint, but what do you mean with SharePoint now being back? And what, what does that mean for those who are like, no, SharePoint is for intranets and portals and nobody does those anymore. No, what do really you mean is. with, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I'll take offense for the whole of Microsoft. Day, no. <laughs> um, so... What are you saying? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's be fair. SharePoint is not a relational database, but it's also not an intranet. It's in the middle. It does the whole records management and document management for an organization. So if you want to leverage a vector database of data that you've gathered over the years, pointing to SharePoint is the ideal place to be, right? Because it's behind Teams, it's behind OneDrive, and you know, SharePoint also has its own its own presence there too. But we kind of got to this point a little while ago where it it disappeared into the service layer. So it became kind of documents behind SharePoint, uh, or rather behind Teams uh, or behind OneDrive, and SharePoint didn't really have a presence. I think for me, the co-pilot conversation is bringing SharePoint back to the front again as yep. a visible data store. I was going to say a pretty far share, but let's face it, it's never really been that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's really useful in terms of storage of data. So now we're having better conversations about um, records management and how it fits in. So my company is called Business Cloud Integration for a very specific purpose. My strong belief is that the power that Microsoft have in its product set is that integration piece, yeah? So bringing everything together, not just as a, a layer, but then also as a tool, uh, it's, you know, it really is, super powerful for enterprise data and um, yeah i'm still a big fan still. you mentioned a few times copilot the big c word what's your take on the whole wave of ai and productivity and gpts how do you see that change the way we collaborate okay so i know um i know everybody gives gives uh works of grief about calling everything copilot but i actually think it's a really sensible move because what we did is we took AI out of the word, right? So artificial intelligence is is one thing, uh, co-pilot is another. So co-pilot is meant to be your helper, not your intelligence. So it kind of removes that conversation of, um, I expect it to, to write everything for me from scratch, right? It's meant to, it's meant to assist, it's meant to speed, it's meant to provide productivity. It's not meant to replace everybody. You know, all of this, you know, you won't lose your job to AI, you'll lose your job to somebody who's leveraging AI or copilot yeah. in this case. So That's a great I, quote. That is a really great quote. So. <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> my mantra has always been getting to value faster, right? Whether it's with SharePoint or with Flow or with business process automation. So to me, um, a co-pilot, a little assistant sitting next to you that you can go, is the current legal legislation on blah, right? And they actually can give you a clue. That that kind of speed is akin to um, those of us that are old enough to remember when Google first came along and everybody was searching with like, I put in the word socks and I didn't get a decent result back and we all had to learn how to search, right? Yeah. And then we all got really efficient at searching. It's the same thing. We're now learning to use Copilot in that same way. And all it does is exactly what Google did. It brought you back a bunch of results that speeded up your route to information. 
So that's what Copilot's doing. So from a, a collaboration point of view, it should mean that we spend less time asking each other silly questions because we, we've got our little assistant there that can go and find, where did we put that? Where is that repository, right? There is no stupid question. There's only stupid people. So just saying. <laughs> you surprised me. <laughs> Sorry, bad joke. <laughs> SharePoint's going in a, in, a, in a new direction and in a direction that really is going to help. So for me, the exciting bit about SharePoint coming up is, is probably SharePoint Embedded, right? So being able to, the, the amount of times that we needed to have um, a crud relationship with SharePoint to, to have that proper read-write back to an application is, is insane. Um, so putting that layer in as uh, an actual layer and defining it, really like that, really like where yeah. that's going. Let's get, come back on SharePoint Embedded in a second, but I, I want to come back on the on bit about that co-pilot and the helper and an assistant. Um, how do you, what, how would you explain for more as a, let's say consumer side person who's like Microsoft, <laughs> we have Siri, we have Amazon, uh, what are those, those Amazon assistants? So Alexa. there's nothing new, Alexa, there's nothing, but <laughs> Microsoft is finally catching up and then whatever reason now Microsoft is a $3 trillion company, I don't get it. So what, what's the big deal with this? Because if you think about Alexa or Siri, those yeah. are exactly the similar kind of helpers. What's the difference from your words? So. They're really not though. Um, and I'm tempted to turn her off because Google is sitting right there and she'll answer. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. You just called me like five Don't times. Do what do you want? <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but when you ask a question, it, it's kind of a yes, no search result answer, right? Um, and that's not what Copilot is. So Copilot is a knowledge assimilation. So imagine you had access to every every book that's ever been written on a topic. It can give you an intelligent answer to a question rather than go read this book. Here's a good author. Here are some search results, right? So it's actually taking you a step further towards the answer than you had with the older techniques, call them the older technologies <laughs> that kind of need to catch up. Because I mean I'm already we have we have the G lady, as we call her, all around the house, right? And I'm already quite frustrated that I can't ans ask the questions that I want to ask because I've got used to using Copilot. Yeah. So again, to me, it's about speed. When you can get a sales inquiry in and you can write a three-page proposal back to that sales, in sales inquiry within an hour because you've got a virtual assistant, it's a very different you know, what's the weather like today? It's a very different experience yes. <laughs> between those two platforms. One gives you uh, getting to value faster and business value and, you know, has total commercial merit. One is, you know, I could use the window. A gimmick. <laughs> right. A gadget, right, yeah. 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 And, I, and it is, well, Every now and then I have this interesting discussion because obviously people don't, if you're a consumer side person and you're not working within the enterprises and Microsoft products, you have no idea what Microsoft does because it's like, well, you have the Xbox and then you have the Surface things and then I don't know what else, but Bing. for whatever reason people, and Bing, and nobody uses Bing, right? So, but it, it is that kind of, a, unless you are within the enterprise world, you don't necessarily understand the whole enterprise business models and, and, and how much money is actually involved in there. Yeah, and I think taking that as an excellent lead in, Mesa, um, I think that's why user groups started to exist, right? Yes. Because yes. it's that layer of um, 
we're not all super techie and we're not all just there to geek out about the technology, but actually to everybody in the business, come along and talk to us about, this is what I really liked with the Power Platform. So I started the Cambridge Power Platform user group, God, it must be five years ago now. Um, because what I found is when you get people together that talk about technology, you get better feedback to the providers of the technology, the whole thing just escalates, right? Yep. So it develops, I mean, Copilot doesn't need any help in that way, it's developing at the speed of light, right? <laughs> but yep. the more feedback we can get from business, we can get from consumers, the more everybody's talking about using the tool, the more it progresses. And that's the really yep. exciting stuff for me. That's why I spend so long in the community because it's it's inspirational that for me that's where innovation comes from yep and that that's the original roots of ship on saturdays again well ship on being the you know it was the product which then exploded to be cotillion products it was also the the product which had the first enterprise user groups ship yep. on saturdays which no longer exists uh which is understandable because there's so many other products and services but that was i think that was still the fundamental piece of that growth was that somebody started organizing that hey let's just have these get togethers and then not just listen what microsoft tells us what is shiny and and what's not but rather focus on the real world experiences and that's a super super important <laughs> thing yeah and i think so one of the initiatives that i've been involved in uh with microsoft is the microsoft global community initiative which is actually trying to research that single brand of um getting together so it's collab yep. Um, and I really like the concept of that because SharePoint Saturdays was a great movement, right? Yeah. Um, we used to all kind of get together in our spare time. And it wasn't it wasn't just devs geeking out, although quite a bit of it was devs geeking out. But, <laughs> um, <laughs> but then you need that balance, um, which is why it's important to have super technical MVPs and those of us that are out there saying, well, actually, that feature's fun. But when you put it all together, this is how a business can actually can actually leverage yeah. it. So yep. usually when I'm doing speaking sessions, it's about a solution that we've that we've developed and why it's gone together that way and why you've made those technical choices. But at the end of the day, um, I try not to do just a little bit of something because I think people need to see that big picture. And like you say, it's not always um, it's not always the technical team you want to talk to. It's the business team that have got the actual problem. Yes. yes. You, you mentioned a few times the link kind of like the value you get from Copilot um for the business and i guess a big part of that is well it's only as smart as the data it has the access to right and obviously as as a company you probably don't do everything on microsoft 365 you have some other applications that you use as well yeah. how do yeah. you go about advising your customers like how do they deal with ensuring that copilot in their org has the access to the critical info that they need to really get the value out of it or is it too early for that discussion? No, 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 absolutely isn't. And and I kind of feel conflicted having written a SharePoint migration tool. The, the answer is put everything in SharePoint. <laughs> <laughs> your SAP, your everything, everything in SharePoint. Ask there if you, you need any help, right? So payments, your HR, everything. Yes. <laughs> so, um, no, it's, it's you wouldn't mind. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about size limits. No, let's not. <laughs> so um, first step is understand your data. So we've always had this thing where we've gone from unstructured to structured, right? And those conversations don't stop happening. Um, we need all of the lovely layers of um, control and disposition and records management. But largely, when you're talking to an organization and you kind of get that, 
everybody's going to give you everybody's going to write the same article because they've all got the same information in the database yeah well so that that's that's the power of the co-pilot right because as a business so we've been going for what 13 years as a business that's a lot of data just in my business um when you're talking to some of these larger organizations if you could I mean, it's a knowledge management expert's dream. If you could leverage the knowledge that's in an organization as well as the large language model that you've given with, yep. with GPT X version, you have to edit that depending on where we're putting this. If you had your own large language model that is your own knowledge together with that, that just makes you super powerful. That means that you can actually take your experience and leverage it without any effort at all so True. it's just about making sure that those pockets of information are accessible to the tool right so that um effectively a, a vector db of your business is just like the most powerful version of your business from my point of view because knowledge is power right the it what you've done previously informs how you move forward and those that can get to value faster is because they've you know made mistakes hit the walls etc that's why consultancy works because it's not our first time right yep yeah so um and something which is just said there also interesting. I'm, I'm just I'm processing this thought because this came just in ahead. Is it fair to say also that Copilot actually is helping us to collect some of the hidden information within the organization? Because you know, not that every single document what the organization produces is not in those centralized locations yeah. where we would traditionally would go and read the documentation some of the documentation notes and all of that might be in somebody's you know one tribe or somebody's uh, individual team side or some document over there some document there now that we're search based and semantic search based it doesn't matter where the information actually is being stored because we're able to access that as long as we're asking the right questions so the copilot is aware and we've got the apples properly. for it and we have the permission. <laughs> super important thing to call out. Yes, of course, the permissions will impact on it. But as in, if if there's a hidden and a hidden knowledge, whatever you said that somebody's adding notes to the Word documents for you know additional information, all of that is actually getting gathered by Copilot as well. Yeah, I mean, look, it, it's about how much effort you put in as to what you want to get out of it. So if you want to take um, your entire code base and in the background have that in its own vector DB so that you can talk to your model about your own software, um, that's like better than any super user that you could have looking at it, right? But at the end of the day, it's about how much of that data you can leverage as to the effort that you put into it. But I think what Microsoft is doing now is making it frictionless, right? Making it easy to add all of those data sources into the model. It's yes. just going to get more and more powerful. And that's why, I mean, so I do a lot of mentoring and I've been talking this week, especially to some AI startups and it's really exciting and I can talk to them about what they're doing. We can talk about the commercial model for it. But one thing I have to say to them is be really careful because Microsoft's not sitting there looking at Copilot going, yeah, well done. You know, it's moving, exactly. it's moving exactly. at speed. So the moment that yeah. you that you develop something, chances are it's coming from yep. many other directions. So any idea that you can have has probably already been had and is probably already in development. Um, yeah. But that's that's what makes it exciting, right? Yep. Yeah, I think so. Spe speaking, speaking of which, if you look at the, let's say, the recent months and the coming months, what is one thing that excites you about this, you know, the current N365 space and the Microsoft space? Um, 
Okay, so SharePoint Embedded, pretty cool. Um, taking on board the M365 um, archive side of things, um, the whole um, understanding that data gets old and we still want to have it in SharePoint, we still want to have it accessible, and we don't want to actually have to pick it up and move it, et cetera. We took all that time to, to structure it, um, but now let's, now let's continue to leverage it. I think there's some fantastic work going on there. Um, I'm part of the content services um, partner group and some fantastic conversations in there. I mean, that's where, you know, syntax and, and all of that came from. Yeah. Um, and I think the evolution of search knowledge, uh, semantic search, right, is probably, oh, people say you've been going on about SharePoint search for years, Sharon, it's the best thing ever, right? It's better than any other search and it's about to yeah. get better. So yeah. I think, yeah, it seems odd to be still saying search, but really it is. <laughs> yeah. there, was a, there was a great video, actually. The, the re, well, it's not a reason to do that. I think it was part of the build last year where they explained the difference between a keyword search and a semantic search. And it's it's basically the fact that you do not search based on the individual words. You base the search based on the association and dependencies within the words. So it's if it's a capital of France, then it will understand that you're asking, you know, capital of the France. It doesn't search for the capital Berlin, right? and France. Uh, so exactly. so it's, it's much smarter but, but even if you think about this from an end user perspective it's like well of course it should work like that yeah we get that however <laughs> technology isn't like <laughs> it only took us two thousand years to get here exactly. <laughs> yeah i mean it seems that isn't that kind of the point of technology though that it seems easy that, that's when we kind of yes. got there really yeah. uh, when it seems like what well, doesn't it always do that and we'll get to that point right I can't remember a time before SharePoint, but wow, I bet that was hard. Um, <laughs> Let's go back, way back. <laughs> yeah, I'm not there. So you know, it's uh, it is it is really different. It's different those different starting points. So I think you know, uh, I can't even imagine where we're going to be in five or ten years. But they, all of this will be so taken for granted, right? Yeah. It will be, well, of course, I've got all the knowledge at my fingertips. Of course I have. But I, I really like um, one of the slides that I use in, in a deck when we're talking about co-pilot and AI um, strategy for large organizations is actually teaching people how to do the, the prompt, but not all of this, um, you know, there's millions of YouTubes about prompt engineering, et cetera. But yep. the fact that it breaks down into what you're asking in a certain way, that learning to ask again, like I say, is a, I think that's a super powerful tool. And we should um, learn to ask questions all the time. We should be teaching our kids that at school, right? Learn to think. Yeah. Um, and I think this is closer to learning True. to think than just Google it, in my opinion. True. 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 Yeah, and I, and I think maybe another aspect of it is that, like, as a person, you might be wary to ask something somebody else because you don't want to look stupid, silly, like you don't know that, oh my God. Whereas here you have a robot, you can just ask anything and everything, and that's between you and that thing. So you yep. can just go ahead and ask anything and everything. And if anything else, myself, I see like I'm or curious, like just asking things about random things. It's like my kids are going to ask me about like why is this that uh, that way? It's like I don't know. Good idea. Let's ask. Yeah, and yeah. it's the, the most random things. Where in the past I'd be like I don't know, and it's that. But and it's now really you can just, not just. Let's ask. 
It's not just that first bit, though, is it? It's not just passing you the knowledge. It ends up being an entire conversation. It literally oh, is yeah, yeah, a collaboration tool. So yeah. you're saying back to it, yeah, but what if what if it was pink and it was 10 foot high? Oh, in that case, you would need X, right? Yeah. And maybe you should consider Y. And then you can carry on the conversation. So it, it literally is collaboration right there. Yeah. Um, and I wonder, um, I wonder if in our work we will have the kind of equivalent of Eli 5. <laughs> seriously it's, it's like my favorite you know part of the prompt like you're asking about something something complex like i don't know mechanical engineering flights to the space and whatever it's like okay eli five like i don't know anything about it i want to have an answer that i understand without having to get a phd on the topic yeah and then like five year old yep yeah exactly like and, and it's the same thing in our work like if i look at it, like how many you know acronyms and terms we use internally it's insane like, well, you that's, spend yeah. the whole days yes. on it yes i bet that it's exactly the same in every single business where yeah. if you are new or the company is really big and you're not all working on one and the same thing correct it's correct. really hard yeah. right because all like, like abbreviations like, and yep exactly absolutely. because on on one hand abbreviations and internal terms empower you to go fast because you, yep. like you kind of have the agreement you you have the report but if you're new and you are not a part of that, well, then you're lost. So it's either yep. everything or nothing. And here, I think that is really a great thing for enablement. True. Yeah, and that goes from the, the simple to the complex, right? So all the way through from what does an RFP look like in our organization to, you know, um, start me a presentation using the company's theme or whatever it is. Um, that, you know, that's where we want to get to. And I know we get some criticisms of, you know, PowerPoint can't do this yet and can't do that yet. The key word is yet right? We're working yes. on it. This is yes. rolling out to everybody. You are going to be amazed at the speed. This, this just picks up because we'll get the feedback. Um, and those, those, then, like I say, they're not just sitting there. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think you mentioned, you, you, you mentioned an interesting point, right? Uh, at some point you said that it's hard to say where we'll be in five years. And I think a great sign of that is if I look, for example, at my kids, things that they don't understand like what do you mean like you would have to go to a place to rent a movie like they, they go to netflix and it's and, it, and it's on and they have it immediately now and simple things like that it's like huh so basically things that are natural to them and you're like well it wasn't always like that yep. what are the other things around us that are you know not super obvious these are probably the likely things that will change and will become just you know effortless as you said it is amazing the things that will that will disappear quickly. You you kind of like you say you don't even know what they are at the minute. But you know when we get to tech that is not the great big you know uh, headset for for getting into a virtual world. When we get so that it is all super easy and kind of built in and maybe it's I don't know Elon's trying to. Is this brain right? wow, <laughs> brain implants? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> not quite bought into that. <laughs> I'm a big Tesla fan, so go steady. Um, <laughs> but the um, but the point is that all of that is it's transitionary, right? It's it's just how we get there, and it's the bit that just gets completely forgotten. You know, yeah. that great big chunky phone that we used to have. You know, we don't yep. really care about that anymore. The We've first got mobile phone, which which, which yeah. is basically a case, a case yes. with yes. around, yeah. Or, or even a newer thing. I was doing a quick video earlier today uh, with Sanic Redo, uh, as I realized that I did. But anyway, separate thing for Teams Nation next week uh, for it, like two to three minutes. What does Teams mean for you, and how does it help in the in the doing things? 
teams didn't exist well it's barely existed five years ago yeah that's a so, really good example actually uh, i shall be moderating on team station that's a fantastic <laughs> there we go. um but the, <laughs> nice plug um but the um yeah the fact that we have teams and the fact that this um i meet with all of my clients virtually now i yes. very rarely go and meet in person um yep. and i can understand why you don't base it i've seen your videos of you walking the dogs in the snow it's going to be difficult to get there on time right? <laughs> <True>. <laughs> but, but this is just accepted now so it's yes. not it you know even five years ago this was not cool to be having yep. all of your conversations this way it would yep. just be expected that you would meet or be in the office um, right. And we've transitioned really quickly out of that. I don't have any of my team who work in an office anymore. We're all remote. Um, we wanted to open the office back up and nobody came, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Why would you have enough people? <laughs> <laughs> well, I as I, as I was... if the offices will not go the same way where, you know, in the past, everybody had a horse and only the selected few had a car. Now is the, the same thing. Like everybody works at home and only the selected few will have an office yep. because you can, because you want to yes, have it. Exactly. To, exactly. You have to have it. It's an exclusive. Yes. Office. It's basically, so, you know, a lounge you meet. Exactly. Because, I don't know. Well, that, I think that's what they are nowadays more for, you know, once in a while, get together, have an, you know, have that connection. I have to say, as I was writing down some of the notes for the for the Teams Nation quick intro thing, like a few minutes video thing, and then I started thinking that I, I seriously was working remotely since uh, in engineering since 2016, yeah. so way before pandemic, way before Teams was even announced, um, and and I it it was completely unheard of to have meetings where you have a remote connectivity details so that the meetings were just yeah we kind of meet up and then what what i did was always like whatever we we're using link i think link was the thing what we were using for chatting uh it's like hey can anybody call me from that you know the box <laughs> within the table so, so that i could at least listen <laughs> so but, oh, no, but think on. about the inclusiveness and how the world changed so that the location doesn't matter anymore and now every single meeting invite in microsoft has teams invite on it even though people are sitting in in meeting rooms they actually open up their computers so that they're seeing as an individual person within the feed and, and it doesn't matter are you home who's sick who's or if your kids are sick and and you can join or you're joining from the other side of the world so i still think there's a feature missing i adored the fact that i could jiggle your window when we were <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. in messenger yes <laughs> so it was like hey yeah, people pay attention how about you you're able to shake the chair <laughs> Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Electric shocks when they're not. Yeah. No. <laughs> that, no. Maldek. No. <laughs> Let's see. What's your goal? You have somebody pay attention. Like if my sh screen shakes and I'm not looking at my screen. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> 
but I, I do have a one more, uh, you know, on all of this productivity and, and the fact that we're able to work remotely from home and everything else. I do have a, a one really important request, and I guess we can agree on this call in that one. Can we please go to a one time zone within the world? It ah, would be so much good. easier. And my time zone, obviously, mine. <laughs> no, no, mine. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no, I think, um, the world uh, is flat, right? So what's the problem exactly? Um, <laughs> somebody cut him off. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in a tunnel. Sorry, can I hear you? <laughs> yeah, no, I do agree. It's really difficult. Time zones are difficult, um, but I think we we should we should work that out because we've solved so many other way more complex problems than that, right? Sure, sure. And of course, the I'm coming back on the copilot and just references. And Waldek is a good representative. He's manager sitting in Australia, and there's no overlapping times. But again, those meetings uh, that the the copilot just. Yesterday there was Catilla meetings happening like 2 a.m. in the morning in my time, and and I can in the morning I'll take the coffee, put the speed in 2x or 1.8x, uh, and then basically give me the summary, and then I can jump between the, the the recap and and the videos and everything else, and then Copilot gives me also hey these are the things what were agreed. So if it's only just there that would be really great is to be able to drop a comment at a point in time. I want <laughs> to, 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 to react to this thing. Sure. Fra true. Fragment of a call. I'm reacting to that thing, as opposed to yes. you react on something, and then somebody is like, "We, we, we said what?" And then they need to yeah. get to read the, the historical thing. Watch, yeah. 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 So now we need a rules engine. If somebody mentions Waldeck, then interject with this comment, right? <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> what was the time? The timestamp. <laughs> nice. Good, good. Uh, I guess from a timing perspective, we need to start closing up. This is sad because again, we could go on and on and on. And this is a really good discussion. It's 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 awesome to have a new perspectives, really, not new, but you know, fresh perspective. What am I saying? Um, I have no idea where you're going with it. These are great perspectives, and they are new. So I have no idea. Like, stop, stop digging. <laughs> I'm I'm so new on this hosting thing and and you know doing this thing so I I you know <laughs> forgive it's okay. me it's okay we forgive you <laughs> thank you Walter <laughs> uh, but but um, anyway Sharon anything interesting what are you working this week or next week anything uh, obviously we are recording this on Friday so hopefully I'm not working too much anymore uh, uh, today no? um, uh, like anything say, interesting what you can talk about it what's in your table. I've <laughs> got a fair bit of mentoring uh, going on at the minute for these AI startups. That's always fun to do. Uh, learning about other people's businesses is always a, a bit of a passion of mine. Uh, Work-wise, what are we doing? We're currently we're doing a, a Microsoft provision, you know, SharePoint provisioning project for about 80,000 sites, moving about 16 million documents next week. And, um, you know, all the, through the we've got a managed migration product, so we, it's not an end user product. You have to kind of know what you're doing because SharePoint can be tricky like that. Um, you know that. Trust um, me, I know. <laughs> <laughs> we've got some big migrations going on at the moment, so all out of hours and fully monitored and all of that kind of stuff. So, yep. um, yeah, some some nice um, shifts. In On that, I have to ask because we didn't really drill into the migration uh, thing as well. How do you see the migration? Uh, uh, are we midway through are we one third through what are we what is your kind of a feeling on are you seeing more and more demand where are we within this bigger okay. scale two conversations there one is migrating to the cloud right which i think when yes. hopefully in the end game um most organizations appear to be at least yes. cloud side whether that is on-prem in the cloud so they just shifted the tin virtualized it um 
but then in terms of migration for example into sharepoint we deliberately didn't write a migration tool for the longest time because we were of that opinion of well everybody must have moved by now and then you kind of realize it never stops right <laughs> there will always be pockets of data to come in there will always be people that took it out that want to bring it back in again um and you know we can take it out of sharepoint if we want to but we don't sure. we don't like to um but you know there will always be uh, a SQL database was a fun one um a sql database with loads of files that aren't called sensible things that all need to be um related back and the transformation layer takes it from something that was useful in an app to something that's useful in office 365 there are always going to be projects like that so i don't think migration ever stops ever never so in other words, you will work on the tool or script eventually, after all. <laughs> <laughs> no comment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Next. Next. Well, well, Nick, what's on your table next week? Uh, next week, next week. Let me have a look at it. So next week, I am presenting on a community call. You are. I will be presenting about a Microsoft Graph connector that shows you how to ingest the community sa samples that we've got in the uh, co co community so that you can easily find them whenever you need an example to show something to customer uh, or to colleagues. So there will be one. Um, other than that, what else? Uh, we're doing some work on developer pro proxy, so you can expect some more uh, features around that and basically be able to more easily test your apps because nobody likes to write tests. And yet, you know, also nobody likes to be called at home when things break in production. So like you can, and you cannot have them both. So yep. we kind of try to like, what if we can give you a middle ground with little like minimal effort, almost none, but just a little bit. So that you can get ahead of you know these things where like basically you don't want your app to file uh, in production. So we're doing some work on that, and you can expect some more news around that soon. What about you, Vesa? You will be away. I will be away. Yes, I'm enjoying what? Few, few Never days off. Um, I might be in community calls, uh, but that's a separate thing, right? So because hobbies, we don't count them to be work. So it's it's complicated, but it's actually anyway gives a, a lot of freedom on the daytime to do something else. So try to spend more time with the dogs. There's one over there somewhere behind of the. So, yes. Oh, dogs! I thought, like, dogs. You 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 you're going to work to. Work <laughs> What? You're working on docs. What are you going to write about? Like, Not to see. Wild, did... like, like, yeah, exactly. Like dogs. Like, wolf. Uh, no, I, I didn't actually have any time off during the the holiday season, uh, except for the you know the public holidays, and and then that means that it's 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 been a pretty long time since there've been real vacations. So it's good to actually have some time off. So which is good. So. Awesome. Cool, uh, and pretty soon MVP Summit is coming. That's looking forward to that one and dropping by at the Redmond and all of that. But that's within a few weeks, right? So will you be there, Sharon? Right. Just out of curiosity. Uh, I'm not going to be there this year, unfortunately. Yep. Uh, hopefully hoping yep. to get there next year. Yep. yep, yep, yep. Anyway, I guess that's it for now. So thank you, Sharon, for joining on the PMP Weekly uh, episode, whatever this is. I have no 137. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Season 8, episode 16. 
15. I have no idea. Uh, but it's it's good to have you on the show. We'll definitely get you back on the show uh, somewhere uh, in the future. It's always good to have a discussion and catching up on then. And, and we'll, within six months, you know, having a discussion on, okay, so what did we predict it? And then where we are and be like, oh my God. <laughs> So that should be good. Um, thank you, Waldek. Uh, and I guess we'll close up with Waldek, but we're not going to do articles this this week because we're uh, recording this well, in advance. But... Oh my God! Nope. And I prepared nope. all the articles. Now. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you, Sharon. Really cool to have you on the show. Thank, thank you so much. Excellent. Thank you, Sharon, one more time for the for the great discussion. Uh, good to catch up. Um, and for those who might be wondering, are we doing articles? The answer is no. Uh, we're not going to do articles this week uh, because this is almost too close again on the previous setup. So we're going to then walk through the different articles and all of that within the following episode. We'll have more content, right? Yes, which is in almost a week and a half. Yes, yes. So go writing whatever you want to write, write whatever you want to ship, ship, and let us know. And then using we hashtag BMP Weekly, if possible. Um, we'll obviously scan through all of the other things. Something what all I noticed all actually of, related uh, the internet, all yes. of the internet. Uh, something what I noticed, I see we see less and less people using hashtags, which is a pity, at least in X, um, which is some sort of a trend. I don't know what it is, but um, at least maybe yeah. people are not. I, I don't know what's causing that. Please use hashtags so people can yeah. find what you're writing. Help it us helps. to help you. Exactly. And the other people to find her content as well. But I guess that's it. We went through the weekly articles. We had an awesome discussion with Sharon and uh, we captured. We didn't go through the happening. weekly articles. Oh, sorry, the weekly happening. So that's, you know, English is so hard. So. Yes. <laughs> I need a vacation, please. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, all good, all good. So thank you for watching. Um, give us feedback, uh, comments, all of that stuff in the video notes or uh, otherwise. Uh, we're always interested on, on, on people's thoughts and we'll be back with BMP Weekly within a week. See ya. Bye-bye.